Welcome to The Deal with Yield, your podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. I'm Joel Whipperforth. I lead digital transformation for Winfield United. And I'm John Zook, agronomist for Winfield United. Today with us on the phone, we have Brad Roteman, director of Solom for Winfield United. Brad is joining us in the passenger seat today on his way to Indianapolis. So we're going to have a phone conversation with Brad on his way to the field in Indy. Welcome, Brad. I'm excited to be here. So, Brad, on the podcast, Joel and I and crew, we spend a lot of time in the background talking about agronomics as we get on and prepare for the show. And a lot of the conversation has to deal mostly with discussing soil health and plant nutrition. Are there some things that you can tell us about what you do at Solom Labs pertaining to the general operations? And then what is your role there? Solom is mainly a production lab with R&D, and our mission is to make the business of agriculture simpler and more productive through new measurements and focused on soil. I'm the director at Solom and SureTech Labs out in Indianapolis. I get to help both teams work on the improvements. Can you tell us a little bit background history? When was Solom developed? When did you guys take your first soil sample? And give us a little history of where you started and now where you're at. It started with a group of graduate students at Stanford University. They were meeting when they were trying to get their way through their graduate program. Their background is applied physics, and in, most of them were looking in the measurements area. They were looking for an industry that needed to help improvements in measurement. One of the group's members is an uncle who was in agriculture, and uh, he said that there hadn't been any improvement in the measurements and techniques in uh, soil measurements in about 40 years. This piqued the group's interest, and they started investigating what they could do to impact this industry. By the time they graduated, they had jumped into this area of nitrogen, and they had developed a tool called the no weight nitrate. This device was what turned into the start of Solom Labs. In 2009, they formed a company. Like any good startup, they started at their garages, and then it moved into an actual facility. And then they moved into having this concept moved into production. So we had two physicists that had a crazy Uncle Buck to get him into the industry. Yep, that's it. So some of the things around, I mean, we kind of jokingly say that. I know you and I have uh, several conversations off air along with uh, Joel here. I mean, some of the, in all seriousness, some of the stuff uh, advancing soil sampling really has been derived from this lab and from Solom. I mean, what are some of the key things that you think are going into the lab and the outcomes that have came from those key things? Well, the key things that have changed, so they took this concept from the no-weight nitrate and it made a slurry out of the soil. Then that kind of changed the whole philosophy of what they were looking at, going, hey, we've got this slurry that we're making, and what else can we do with it? And they then ran into what was going on at Iowa State and what Dr. Antonio Mallarino was working on, was doing what they called a field moist method on doing soil analysis. This analysis has some unique characteristics to it that it allows you to be able to measure what's going on in the feet for the plant from a potassium standpoint. So when you have a two-to-one place, which we have a lot of in Iowa and across the Midwest, as the glaciers came across, they deposited different types of clays across the Midwest, and we have a lot of two-to-one clays. And some of that uh, potassium get locked up in the clays, and when you dry and grind them, it gets released. And that's not really what the plant can see. And so when they uh, took this slurry method and applied it, they said, hey, you know what, we can commercialize this. 
So that's when they decided to start up this lab in Ames, Iowa. Went away from just the no-way nitrate machine and evolved into this. And so we moved from doing a, a new and easier method for doing nitrogen to start looking at other minerals in the soil. So, Brad, uh, this is Joel. You know, when you talk about the traditional method of dry and grind versus the newer slurry method, I've actually had the luxury of, of touring both labs in Indiana, SureTech Laboratories, and then, of course, in Ames. But for our listeners who haven't toured both labs, what would be the, the contrasting differences walking into there about how a soil sample is prepared? Yeah, when you walk into a traditional dry ground lab, the first thing that they do is they take that sample and they have to put it in an oven and and dry it down. So whatever moisture level it comes in, it has to go through an oven. It could be 8 to 12 hours to dry it. When it shows up at the Fulham lab, we take it and receive it, and the first thing we do is we start processing it and homogenizing the sample and start moving it through the process. So we can get that sample in its mix process and get it moving to be measured in a lot quicker fashion. And so that really is one huge advantage for us. So your background as an engineer, it seems like the more steps you can take out, the more efficient and the higher the quality control, quality assurance is in the sample procedures as, at the laboratory. Talk a little bit about, you know, when the sample enters the lab, what goes on at Solum? Yeah, so we've done a lot to work on that product control as it goes through and traceability. When it comes in, uh, we have some paperwork typically in the box, but that's the last paperwork that we have. Being a startup company out of Silicon Valley, those guys were all about using the newest technologies and traceability and putting all of our data on the cloud. So when you look at our lab, you come in and we have RFID chips. We pass the information through computers. People don't have to interact with paper. It's all done electronically. That has enabled us to reduce our lost samples and being able to really trace that sample through the lab and also help them gather the data to look for improvement areas so we capture what goes on with the sample as it goes through the lab and look for where we we identify errors and uh, quickly be able to address them. And there's some robots that are involved along the way there at the Solum Lab? Yep, there is. That's another area that when we uh, electronify what we're doing with the lab, then we can... uh, be able to take that and turn it into things that we could do with automation. And then, uh, so humans are great to hire and love hiring people, but uh, when we're a very seasonal organization, hiring up and down is makes it tough and having that training. So we try to add automation in anywhere we can to be able to, uh, one, take out the human part of it for the error side of it, but also be able to not have to hire up and down every year. So, Joel, when I was in grad school, I was the automator, right? I had to do all the pipetting into these 96-well plates. Now they can do quadruple that in, like, 30 seconds and get the results immediately without any user error or need for true replication on my side. So, I mean, really, that, to me, that really boils down to, I mean, the staffing a lot of times making sure that your sample is consistent. That's a big worry out in the field. You say, okay, I send my dirt off. I did the best thing I could do to to pull that core, but can I get those consistent results in the lab? And I think, Brad, over time, don't you have pretty good quality control on results? And and what are some things that you submit your samples to to make sure that quality control is all in check? Yeah, great question, John. So we have multiple things that we do. We do look for cross-contamination, we look for control of the sample itself, and we also have in place this quality control at every station, whether it's automated or whether it isn't. We have uh, QC people that have controls that we watch as the samples go through the lab. So when it's at a measurement station, we have CCTVs, 
that uh, we look for that the machine is running consistent, and then we also have a sample that goes to the lab to make sure that we're not getting any unresolved as we move. So, yeah, we do a lot from that aspect. And when we have humans involved with it, we have SOPs in place that we train them to, and then we have supervisors that go around and validate that things are happening like they expect. So SOPs, standard operating procedures. You know, John, when you were a grad student, uh, remind me again, what was your hourly pay as a graduate student? Uh, I signed a contract not to discuss that. Okay, and I'm pretty sure Brad actually, yeah, I, Brad, you haven't found any uh, any volunteers down there to work for free, have you, to do this standard operating procedure of soil testing? No, no, we have any free operators probably won't be around very long. So okay, yeah. okay, uh, so we've debunked <laughs> the business model of uh, free graduate students for soil sampling. Nobody works for free anymore. <laughs> Brad. One of the things that really intrigues me about Solom is the people and the staff that you have on hand. I mean, a lot of times we think of a, a lab, you know, just pulling the cores, pulling the dirt, sending it in, getting the results back, and we don't understand the expertise behind a lot of that. Can you speak to a little bit about the PhDs that you have on staff there, what their capabilities and capacities are, and maybe how that would direct us getting to a point where we can look at a soil sample and tell things about uh, the future that we maybe don't have access to currently? Yeah, so one of the things, we are a production lab, but like I said earlier, we are an R&D focus. So if you send your samples into Solum, we're going to give you that nutritional value that you're expecting back out of that sample. But we also are looking at other things in that soil sample, trying to come up with new measurements and better techniques uh, so we can give you more insights later. We have a soil microbiologist on board. She's looking at what's going on from a microbiology standpoint. And we also have a soil physical chemist who's on, on board. He's looking at the physical side of the sample, so whether it's texture, aggregate stability, trying to grab more information off those samples as they come through to see if we can develop better and more insightful measurements for you in the future. So, Joel, a lot of the, we were talking earlier about these ion-specific sensors and how do we start to use these, or a lot of this is kind of the vibe in the industry of, hey, buy a sensor, it'll tell you what your fertility is, and you can make your own recommendation. And Brad, you just rattled off, hey, we got physics, we got microbes, I mean, we got a lot of chemistry going on, and these ion-specific sensors, I mean, they're only looking at or reading what immediately is in contact with them, whereas if we're pushing through the sample and we're making sure that we have that viable sample that can read the analysis of that, it gives us a lot more quality. Plus, we're looking at uh, some new futuristic things of maybe one reading we could get from a sensor is going to be just limited versus all the other outputs that we could be under the physical and chemical development characteristics. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, if you think about the soil today, mainly we're measuring the nutritional side of the chemical thing. And so as we look at, there's two other sides of it, and that's the physical and the biological. And the old statement, people probably heard it, where there's either a, in a teaspoon of soil, there's a million to a billion different microbes in that soil. And we have that we just started to uncover what all those microbes do. And so that's, we're dipping our toe in the biological area. And that's only feasible because of all the advancements of, of a, like in uh, Ancestry.com or 23andMe. And the cost of being able to do some of these things have really come down in that side of the industry. And we can start looking at applying that to soil. 
that will unlock in the future a lot of these things that, hey, how come this microbial works over here, but it doesn't work here? want to get that more predictable outcome for the grower by being able to tell them, hey, this will work in this area, but potentially not in this area. So we're always looking to improve the Deal With Yield listening experience. If you visit dealwithyield.com backslash survey, so you type in dealwithyield.com backslash survey, you can find a link to the survey. If you take the survey, you'll be entered to win an Amazon gift card. Thanks. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes open to residents of the U.S. who are 18 or over. Void where prohibited or restricted by law. Subject to official rules available at dealwithyield.com survey. Sweepstakes end June 1st, 2019. Sponsored by Winfield United.